Welcome to Family Tech Talk, the show that helps you be the tech expert of your home. From interviews with lifestyle experts on how they use technology to tech tips and the latest news. No matter what your skill level is with Family Tech Talk, you can be the person all your friends and family go to for tech advice. Let's get right into today's episode. Hello and welcome to Family Tech, where you get to be the tech expert of your home. I am Sarah Kimmel, and like I said, this is Family Tech, so it is so exciting today. Even if you aren't very involved in politics, you can't deny that the decisions our lawmakers make affect us. And The American Moms is a fantastic Instagram account and blog that can help you get more involved in the issues that you care about and help you understand some of the issues you didn't even know you care about. So I'm so glad to be able to speak to you, Brittany, today to help explain some of the laws surrounding technology and what you can do to get more involved. So Brittany, tell us a little bit about yourself and about your platform you have with your sister, which sounds like so much fun. I love my sister, but we have totally different interests, so we can't do something like that together. <laughs> yeah, we're lucky. We had the same major in college and similar career background. So this kind of works for us to do this together. So our background is actually in journalism. So and I think journalists get a really bad reputation these days for inserting too much bias and their own opinion into things. Um, but that training really helped us to um, look at issues from different angles and definitely helped with understanding what real research looks like. So even though I don't use journalism a ton right now, it's providing me with a really good foundation um, for a lot of different things. Um, like my job in politics, for example, um, I worked in the public affairs office of the U.S. Surgeon General and the U.S. Secretary of Health. And that's kind of how I got my start in that field. And I just helped them craft messages. Um, I've worked in the presidential speechwriting office of the White House and also doing constituent services for a member of Congress. So now my twin sister, again, who also has a background in politics, she worked for the U.S. Senate. Um, we have our American Moms account on Instagram and we talk about all aspects of citizenship and politics and we try and keep the drama out of it <laughs> we all don't like that um and i also random side note just got my graduate degree in writing for children so that's kind of the next chapter in my life is just reaching this goal of becoming a children's book author so well yeah it's issues we're talking about today are super important to me and i hope that they can become more important to all parents so totally agree Oh, well, that sounds like fun. You, uh, what is the, the topics of your children's books? Is it going to be political or are you going to? Well, a little bit. So it's mostly nonfiction that I write. So I am starting this series of bipartisan friendships to let people know that they can. It's OK to be friends to people who don't think like you. So <laughs> a big project I've been working on. So. Oh, that's awesome. I, I'm excited to hear more about it when that when it comes to fruition. So. Uh. I'm sure you'll post about it on online. So. I will. I will. <laughs> yeah. So definitely follow them. The American Moms. Um, it's the American Moms, right? Um, yes. On Instagram and um, and check them out. Um, their website's great too. So um, let's get right into it because um, I know you've got some limited time today. So want to be respectful of that. Um, many states are passing laws around social media. If uh, my state is one of them, I live in Utah. And uh, so if your state is one of those, how do you recommend people find out more about these laws? Because if they see the headlines like, oh, is this going to affect me? Like, you know, how do you recommend they do that? Yeah. So the bill text for all these laws, they're all available online on each respective state's legislature sites. And if you can't figure it out how to get there, I always just say start by Googling it. Yeah. <laughs> always look for a .gov site. 
so that you know you're getting an accurate primary source. Um, and the bills will include the representatives who sponsored them and co-sponsored them. And it kind of all breaks it down by sections. Now, the tricky thing is, if you are a lawyer, which most of us are not, sometimes the legal jargon in these bills can be a little bit hard to understand. Um, it's not always user-friendly. So I like what I like to do is after a bill is passed that I'm curious about, I will often go to the governor's website after state law is passed because they almost always have press releases and media advisories about it where they break things down in really easy to understand ways. And again, then you're getting the information right from the source. You're not getting people's opinion about it. They're just trying to insert um, the facts. And you can also even call your legislator's office and they often have summaries of the bills as well. Um, you can, again, Google it and select the news tab to see what articles have been published about it. And another tip, again, this is my journalism background kind of kicking in. If you want to know what critics are saying about a bill, type into your search bar, critics of the bill say, and then type in the name of the bill. And that works for me almost every single time. And we always tell people to do this because it's if we really encourage people to see both sides of something, even if they agree with it. And we always tell our followers that even if you agree with the policy 100%, or if you do agree with it 100%, mm-hmm. then you aren't at it closely enough because no bill <laughs> is, you know, it's was. Even if it's your political party of choice passed it, look closely because there's always a flaw in there. So that's just a random tip. That, that's a really good tip. Um, yeah, so if you do disagree with it, you know, say, okay, oh, I agree with it 100%. You know, but maybe there's some things in there that you disagree with, which obviously will happen, apparently. Um, so how do you get involved with like, OK, hey, I disagree with this. This is my state. Like, what would I do next? Yeah. So every state amends laws a little bit differently. Um, so the first step would be to contact your state legislator's office. You know, that's always the where you want to start. And sometimes you see like third party groups who are sending petitions out online. And in my experience, those are rarely effective. So, and and then another thing, don't call your congressman about state laws. So they have no state say in state laws. So remember who has to for what? So state legislators, who you call for state laws, members of Congress, or who you call for federal laws, and the mayor's who you contact for city laws. Um, And then I always say, don't just call and complain. If you don't like something, kind of try and pinpoint what it is that you don't like about it. Don't just say, oh, this senator I don't like introduced it, so it must be terrible. Like, figure <laughs> out what it is that you don't like and what it is, like, what would you change about it? Like, do some research and then maybe come up with, like, okay, what would have been a better way to approach this? And that way, when you're calling them, you're not just viewing negativity and going off on a rant. Maybe you kind of have um, a solution in mind, and that is going to be a much more beneficial discussion on both parts if you kind of come prepared that way. And then be honest, you know, ask them, like, how do I get this law changed? And again, it varies by state. Sometimes if it's a ballot measure, you can get it repealed or amended and back on the ballot with a certain number of signatures. And then you take it back to the voters. So sometimes there's a process and sometimes you have to, not sometimes, most of the time you have to be super patient to get something changed um, because likely that bill didn't pass super fast either. Um, most of these have been in the works. Some of the ones we'll talk about a little bit later have been in the works for years. So it really does take a long time. And another thing you can do if you can't get a hold of your legislator at his office, which a lot of them, unfortunately, there's not a big budget for them for staff. So they don't always answer their phone and they're not very good at answering mail. But go to a community meeting and find them. They <laughs> all track them down. No stalking. 
They should all be available to answer questions. Like you are their constituent. You elected them. So you have every right to speak to them. But again, do it respectfully. Sure. You don't want someone yelling at them in a public space. Um, so just offer them the same respect that you would want. Um, so yeah, I mean, and sometimes their schedules are on their websites. Sometimes you can just call and ask them, like, when is your next public meeting? And they should be able to tell you. Wow, that's great advice. Um, and I, I would kind of echo on that, like getting involved in like the smaller like city things can really help you get involved in like the larger state and then like federal because like you have more say, you know, in a s- smaller area, right? Yes. So many people only get excited about the big, like the federal, like congressmen or who are like the important and the front, but really like the city, the local level impacts you far more than the federal level ever will. So it's always a good place. Yeah, for sure. So the current law that governs kids and social media companies, the COPA, Children's Online Privacy and Protection Act, uh, I've talked about it several times with regards to like the age of 13, because that's kind of where this, you know, age of accountability comes from for, for social media. Uh, but it's really old and outdated. You know, technology has changed so much since it came out. You know, are there any newer bills that are, you know, in the works that are trying to update this law? And can you tell us kind of what that's about? Yeah. So COPA was passed in 1998. So that was the era <laughs> of AOL. Right? <laughs> so we obviously way overdue for the update. And lawmakers know that. And it's just kind of getting them to agree on the best way overhaul this law. Uh, so May, two senators, um, one from Massachusetts and one from Louisiana, um, one's a Democrat, one's a Republican, reintroduced and I believe initially introduced a couple years ago. So again, these things take a lot of time. Um, so they introduced the way that they changed it is the Children and Teens Online Privacy Protection Act, which they also call COPA 2.0. So their whole goal is just to update the online data privacy rules for the 20 person rather than the AOL world, um, and just to protect kids and teens online. Um, and they, both senators, you know, readily acknowledge that fake and youth mental health crisis, and maybe not 100%, but in part fueled by technology, um, in addition to the Surgeon General's thing that we'll talk about later, um, the American Academy of Pediatrics has declared a national emergency for children's health. Um, and so it's a serious issue. And so I, the whole issue here is not having senators and representatives agree that it's something that needs to be done it's how do they do that they both sides have different um, opinions on how to best rein in big tech and things like that so i think it's it's just how to get it done so this bill copa 2.0 um again reintroduced and you can even go on versus website if you're curious to see where the bill stands um, just go to congress.gov and you can type in Copa and you can see where it is. So, so far, um, see, I'm trying to think. Copa Tobinal has been introduced and also it recently, as of last week, amended. So they've already been going through. And I think in trying to get more support for it, they are going through and changing little things that people didn't like. So it's, and I have a feeling before it passes, it will be amended many more times. And so sure. the main difference here, again, is updating it for this new social media world that we live in. And also, like you said, the original COPA, it really focused on 13-year-olds. And I think people are questioning, why is 13 the like adulthood of the internet? And so right. they're focusing 
13 to 16 year olds trying to raise that age um, a little bit. And it just looks different because social media is obviously completely different. Yeah. I mean, back in, in 1998, like it was a totally different landscape where, you know, we still the... had dial up. Right. <laughs> we had to log and wait to then that wonderful sound. I don't even know. They don't even know how different it's. Yeah. Different yeah. Goes. I know. It's so crazy. So, um, because and a lot of people are confused about this whole, like, you know, age of 13 thing, like, you know, what? why is it 13? You know, and I always have to point it back like, well, this is it. But like, I feel like tech companies have really kind of just tweaked this COPA restriction um, to mean a lot of things that like it didn't mean in the past because they didn't exist, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's you get with any law that's right. old technology and the whole world is always moving on. <laughs> right. <laughs> amazing thing so yeah so it's definitely they have a lot on their shoulders trying to get this figured out um and to pass it but that's that's not even the only bill that's on the table right now um so there's another one um, and i'm sure we'll talk about the state laws a little bit later um but another bill by two republican senators and two Democrats. um they want to go even further than uh, copa 2.0 and so their bill looks very similar to how a lot of the state has are looking um, where it's really getting parental pay sites for kids from ages 13 to 18 um, to be on those platforms. Um, and they, these are senators who all, they, all of them have children. And right. as freshman senators, they're new, they're brand new with this and they're already bringing this to the table, which I think is awesome. But they're bringing it up because they had so many people or districts who, when they were running, came to them and said, please do something about this. This is a huge problem. Um, please make that a priority. And so this one of the things that we did when we made it to the Senate. So it's, it's awesome. I love to see bipartisanship. Yeah, yeah. What's interesting to me, and, and I, we won't go into like the like, you know, is it good or is it bad kind of um, issues with these like social media bills. But what's interesting to me is a lot of people don't understand the repercussions for people who don't have children. Um, so like if I, if I don't have children and I live in Utah, all of a sudden, I'm also going to need to verify my age to have a social media account. Um, and so, it, you know, if you're looking at like different laws and stuff, don't just think about the repercussions for your kids. You know, if you don't have kids, what does that mean for like the the population in general? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, not everybody has kids. And so I think a big chunk of the population is not even aware of this issue going on. Right, I think there's even... We have teens who are not aware of these issues. We have someone at my kid's school who she started at the high schools like several years ago and the parents about these issues and, and trying to keep kids safe online. And then she noticed it was happening at a younger age. So she moved down. Now she's doing the middle school kids. And then she realized it was happening at a younger age. And now she goes to oh, the elementary schools and is talking to the parents about how to keep their kids safe. So it's it's a whole thing. Kids are no kids. I mean, you want kids to not be safe. So it's just like, what is the best way to do this? And it's it's hard because, like you said, you can't say, oh, this law is bad or this law is good because we honestly don't know yet. Um, yeah. Most of these laws don't even go into effect for another year at least. And so it will take even longer time to see what happens. So it's it's just like, it's one big experiment. We don't know. We're just trying, throwing things I think that people think might work and 
seeing what helps. Yeah, throwing spaghetti on the wall. Oh. Yeah, exactly. So you just touched on this. Um, the Surgeon General re- recently released an advisory on social media and teen mental health. I read through the entire advisory on a live video uh, when it came out, uh, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on on the the advisory in general and like what stuck out to you the most from it, especially as somebody who's worked with the Surgeon General. Yeah. So first of all, this wasn't the first time that he spoke up about this issue. Um, he spoke up about it a year ago and I think even a couple years ago. So the fact that he's doing it the second time and in a much bigger way sends such a clear message that he thinks this is such a serious issue and Americans need to pay attention. And so that's kind of what stuck out to me. And I love there's this quote in there that says, our children and adolescents don't have the luxury of waiting years until we know the full extent of social media's impact. Their childhoods and development are happening now. And that was so powerful to me. Is he saying, OK, like, come on, everybody wake up. Like, yeah. we don't have four years to get everything perfectly right, but we have to do something now. And I loved that he offered at the end of his um, advisory ways that we can do something now. So he yeah. offered different sections for what can lawmakers do? And there's a section specifically for that. And what can technology companies do? And he encouraged them to be more transparent in their approaches and on collecting data. And then what can parents and caregivers do? Because I think that's huge right there. Um, a big chunk of, of how to help these issues are from parents and caregivers. And if they're not aware of this issue or what it is doing to their kids, then what? If, why are we having this conversation? Mm-hmm. Right. Ones who have to give the consent on these new laws. And anyway, so you, you know that. And then there's even an, um, a section for what can children and teens do? And I love that because so much at the time, it's us telling it, everyone else making the decisions for teens. But they also have such a large role in this yeah. and be accountable. And if their mental health is suffering, like there are things that they can do. And it offers them suggestions to create boundaries, you know, like keep a balance between your online and offline activities. Um, be cautious about what you share or protect yourself. I mean, there's a lot of suggestions there, even what researchers can do. So I kind of loved um, that. And he even lists some really staggering facts. He says um, 95% of young people ages 13 to 17 are on social media and report using it almost constantly. And that is really what got me almost constantly because all these studies show that anyone who spends three hours or more a day are really at double the risk of these mental health issues. And so that they're doing it almost constantly. <laughs> That's way more than three hours a day, right? Like that is just mind boggling to me. And so that, that really like shows you the state of where we are right now. Yeah. And that was actually one of my favorite parts. Um, and I loved that he had that practical advice for, you know, this is what you can do and this is what you can do and this is what you can do. I loved that whole section. Um, but yeah, when you're talking about the the three hours, um, I love that he showed that there was a um, a study that even if they reduced it to like, you know, maybe 30 minutes or an hour a day, that had a positive impact on their mental health just by reducing the time. He's not saying, you know, get rid of it all and take it all away and things like that. He was mentioning, you know, there are positive aspects of social media. We're just spending too much time on it is what I really felt like he was saying there. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree with you. And then there was even a study that came out this past week and it wasn't a social media study, but it was kind of correlated um, showing that Americans are also, not even teens, facing more depression and mental health issues 
because they're not getting outside enough. Mm -hmm. And so I think that is like, I'm like, wow, like you can totally see the correlation. Like they're spending time inside doing all the tech things. Um, even just spending outside in the sunlight and getting fresh air can do wonders for you. I'm like, oh, imagine. Yeah. We all yeah, we've been doing for ages, you know, since the beginning of time. And now, but you wouldn't think, like, would you have ever thought growing up as a kid that that would be an issue? Yeah. People just not going outside anymore. Like, I wouldn't have ever thought that. So it's, yeah, there's so many different correlations, so many different, like, domino, domino effect of different things happening because of tech. And again, like I said, it's not all bad. In fact, there was a study done in psychology today, um, just a few weeks ago, um, about psychology people. today is the publication. A couple of weeks ago is the time frame. <laughs> no, right. So that talked about like, let's see what teams think about these new laws. Do they want these new laws? And it actually, it was surprising to me. Over half of them said, yes, we want something done, but they didn't agree with the ban outright because like you said, there are positive effects for them there's the whole connecting with people yeah. and i think so often like our generation and older generations think well we just used a phone like we just called people on a landline when we wanted to talk to them or we just went and saw them in person but these kids you have to think their whole lives this is what they know mm-hmm. like this is all they know they, they don't, don't know landlines they don't right. know like the way that we used to do it and so it seems crazy to us that they can't just figure it out but this is all they know. And so, yes, I can see why they would be completely, you know, angered about having it completely taken away um, because this is what they know. So I think it's just finding a good balance and teaching them to find a balance. And like you said, it's not all negative. There are definitely some positive aspects of it, too. And the Surgeon General was very clear, like the first paragraph, I think, pointed that out. Like, we know that there are benefits. So it's just finding the balance. Yeah, I love that. And I think, um, you know, again, back to the like what parents can do, um, you seem about the same age as me. So, you know, we're the Gen X people who were ingrained with like stranger danger and, you know, don't get in the van with somebody selling puppies or candy. Um, And I think we've really projected that on our kids like and not let them go outside. You know, so a lot of that kind of falls on us, too, where we're like, you know, yes. I used to go down to the, you know, the city pool in my bike and like go down to 7-Eleven and, you know, ride all over. And like us Generation X are like terrified of our kids doing that. So uh, I, yes, I, just no, I totally agree. Yeah, I used to walk half a mile up the street to the grocery store and I had to cross a busy road to get there. But we did it probably every day in the summertime. Yeah. And our parents knew. It wasn't a big deal. And now sometimes I'm afraid to let my kids walk the two blocks to school because they have to cross a busy road. And yeah. I'm like, oh, something, like, it's terrifying. Yeah, we've kind of become a generation of, of helicopter parents. And my son, and this week he's away at camp. And I just read a stint. I'm free law studies. That, study, that um, it's okay. Kids actually need time away from their parents. Like it is good for them to figure out who they are away from their parents. And so I've, remembered that and I was very proud of myself and I have not called him every day this week I'm like he'll call he needs me I'm gonna leave him alone or let him grow up a little and do his thing so yeah and it's so hard so uh, I recently had a similar experience my daughter went on a humanitarian trip to Thailand and they they took like as soon as they meet up with the group they took all their phones and so I had no contact with her for like two and a half weeks uh, or maybe it was around closer to three weeks 
and she was in Thailand. Um, and I really debated going with her because like, you know, the a parent can go like there's two parents for every trip, you know, and you yeah. do the same thing. Uh, but I'm like, I really felt it was important for her to be away, like, and not have that crutch of, of me, you know, I mean, she's 17, but, um, you know, but I, that's interesting that that study is like, they need some of that time. And I really was feeling that too. Like she needs to like go out on her own and figure some stuff out. Yeah. I mean, you're seeing a lot of kids like in college who they've never really been away from home before. They've never really been away without their families. And they, I don't know what the stat was, but there's just an increased number of kids who come home their first semester, like if they go away because it's hard for them. So I think it's good for kids to get those little doses of being independent and not even as good like it's necessary thing yeah absolutely yeah so i'm gonna go encourage my son after we're done here to like ride his bike down to the maverick and we'll be all right um so i going back to these like social media things like even adults can have issues discussing politics civilly online i see it all the time on you know facebook instagram youtube wherever why do you think that is like where I'm just like, I feel like I can say anything I want because it's Facebook. Yeah. I mean, being online sadly gives us this false sense of invisibility. Like it's almost like we see this as an online world and not a real world. Like it's a game where real like rules don't apply for real life. And so there's definitely a disconnect um, because we don't, I think, also see the immediate consequences of what we say. And sometimes not even like sometimes we never see the consequences of what we say. Um, but we are never actually invisible. Consequences <laughs> can actually be severe for what we say in our behavior online. And that's why we started kind of like a digital citizenship aspect to what we do, because we are in this digital world and it matters more than ever. You know, what you can say online can affect people's emotion, their mental states, their behavior. You can even have like physical aspects on people like they don't sleep well they feel like sick because of what happened online um we always try and tell teens too like it can affect jobs what you say can affect jobs it can affect college admissions um businesses and academia don't see the online world as an alternate reality like it is a real world and we need to see it that way too and we need just to wake up and be smart about what we say and do online and if we wouldn't do it or say it in person we shouldn't do it or say it online um i think something to, to, to actually today to started today i had an experience this morning i was, I was just looking on a couple of different news sites um on instagram and there was a story about homelessness in portland and i had just been there that kind of comments in my experience um and someone responded to me do the world a favor and never comment again just not like oh what what gosh and it wasn't it was like an innocent comment it, like wasn't even anything political at all yeah i mean like what what like where did that come from so i reported their comment and, and instagram but i was also proud of myself i did not engage nice walked away i did not comment back even though that's like your first natural right right is you want to tell them something awful yeah. or tell people sorry for them but that's like their their gut reaction to how to respond to somebody um but it also reminded me that you know what like you don't have to comment comment on everything that you have an opinion about. Like, right. As I felt the need to comment on that news site, it had thousands of comments. I didn't need to. Like, just move along. Like, opinions 
don't equal facts and mm-hmm. everyone's opinions won't be the same as yours. And you kind of have to learn to be okay with that. And I think people are always like, well, how do we, how do we even practice that? I think being around people who think differently than you is a huge part of that. Like, don't live in an echo chamber. Talk to people who think differently. Differences don't have to equal hate. And I think somehow the last few years, that's kind of what's become. I don't agree with you. Oh, I hate you. So I must say mean things to you. I must tell you how wrong you are. Like, no, just walk away. <laughs> you know, we don't have to always have those nature reactions where we say something hurtful or awful, even if we don't ever know who the person is on the other end. Like, just, just walk away. Yeah, I get so many comments on my YouTube videos because um, I talk a lot about how to set up parental controls for different apps and different, um, you know, platforms. And the kids that comment on my YouTube videos, you know, about how terrible of a mother I am, how my kids are going to put me in a nursing home and everything like that. I mean, it's daily. And I've been thinking about doing a video of my kids like reading these comments because we have a good laugh about them. But um, but the same thing, like I could respond to the comments like I could delete the comments, but I just kind of leave them there and it just shows who they are and, you know, people who like who need the content, like who need to set up parental controls or whatever can see that and be like, oh, this is why I really need to set this up. Because- exactly. Sometimes you have like loyal followers, like they'll jump in and save you anyway. Like, I don't even need to say anything. Yeah. Someone else will be like, hey, like what the, what, what the heck, you know? And yeah. it's also important to teach kids, like how do we end cyberbullying? Like it's probably never going to end. It's never going to end in real life either. Um, probably. I'm like, but what can we do? Like who can stop poor online behavior? I always tell my kids, is it teachers? Is it parents? Is it the government? No, it's, it's you. It's up to each of us. Like we are the only ones who can stop it by stopping the behavior in ourselves. And we have to do better for us, for our kids. And, you know, they're watching. They soak it all up. Yeah. And I think it's important for them to see that reaction where I'm like, yeah, I don't need to engage. I can move on um, and, and kind of go about my business uh, because then they, you know, hopefully echo that, um, that behavior and, and, and not perpetrate it. But the other thing would be to help them understand that I can't control what this person is doing online. So, you know, what? why even have, like, the energy to do that? Right. Yeah. I, you're never, you're never going to control anybody else online. And even, you're never going to convince somebody else to think like you online. <laughs> why we just, you have, we just have to say what we want to say. You just have to try and persuade this person. It's not going to happen. Like, yeah. Maybe in a face-to-face interaction, you can make a little bit of a ground there. But online, it's just not. It's, it's, so I don't know why we just persist. In that way of thinking, but. Your Facebook comment totally changed my mind, said no oh, one ever. I don't know. Or I know. Exactly. You can make a, make a meme about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Um, so you touched on this really quickly and I want to dig a little bit deeper. Um, if you've got some time, um, you talked about the echo chamber and so social media, because of the algorithms, we can sometimes find ourselves in this echo chamber of ideas that we already agree with. 
Um, so what would your recommendation be to see kind of both sides? Because, you know, like the the TikTok algorithm, that, that thing is good. It will show me everything that I totally agree with and want to see. But, you know, so I can be, get stuck in this echo chamber of all of the same ideas. So what would you recommend? Yeah, so I always tell people, don't just follow everyone that you agree with. Follow <laughs> a lot of different a left-leaning news source, a right-leaning news source. Like I think I always laugh because I'm like, I think Instagram is so confused about what I want to see. I, I follow the old bushes. Like, I follow so many different groups. It's like, I don't know. I times. I follow the, the Wall Street Journal. Like, you need to get a lot of different opinions in your world because there's so much damage is being done by only hearing one side. It's, it's like, two different Americas. We live in alternate realities based on the media that you consume. And it's not doing anyone any favors. And you have, again, just two, not even two, sometimes four or five different realities based on who you follow. Mm -hmm. And you have to be really careful about that. I think you need, we need to all consume a wide variety of news sources. And we need to learn that even if it has bias, it's okay. It doesn't mean it's incorrect just because it has bias or has a certain bias that you don't agree with um again i read the new york times the washington post the wall street journal every day <laughs> um because i want to see all those different i love seeing the different headlines of what different sides prioritize um and if you off like read these different sources often you can weed through the bias just fine like it is not a big deal like, you know, okay, well, the New York Times, they want me to think a certain way. And Fox News also wants me to think a certain way. So you take everything with a grain of salt. And I think once you read a lot of different sources, you can come to your own conclusions about an issue. Um, and also, I was having this discussion with someone yesterday about this. We have elevated so many non-experts or people who just have strong opinions because of social media. Like people who never would have had millions of people, you know, at their feet listening to every, like soaking up every word because they have like no background in anything or anything that they're talking about. And we pay more attention to them than we do like actual people who've done research and spent years of their lives on certain topics. And I think that's a shame too. I think it's all, it's okay to even question the experts sometimes. Someone got mad at me yesterday because they said I was glorifying experts too much. And I know that even experts have their own opinions and um, can, that's the great thing about technology and science is that it's always evolving. And so if something that was true last year, maybe they come up with a new way this year. So things are always changing, but I think we have to be so careful about who we follow. Um, we live in a world of Kardashians and 24 hour news cycles. And like, who are you actually listening to and paying attention to? And are they worth your time? I always think like, if they're making money off of you somehow, they're only telling you what you want to hear. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Um, and that's how they make their money. It's how a lot of people are making a living now, like making a living off of followers on social media. Who would have thought? But so many people, it's how can I make money off my followers? How can I appeal to their emotions? So really think about when you follow um, follow again a wide variety of sources. Make Instagram confused about <laughs> them, you know, like mix it up. And, um, I think, yeah, that's there you go. There's my rant. 
No, I love it. Um, and I do love what you said about experts. That is one of my like pet peeves is like tech experts who have no background in technology. Um, and, and I see it all the time. You know, I, I come from IT. So I've been an IT manager for over 20 years. And so I've been in, you know, my career for 20 years dealing with technology. And so, you know, I feel like I can claim that I'm a tech expert. Uh, but when I see somebody who, you know, just starts claiming they're a tech expert and have no background, yeah, that really drives me crazy. So I love what you said there about like, kind of look into their credentials of like, what makes them like, or their opinion a little more valid um, from their background? Yes. Yeah. Totally agree with you there. Like last, last year or two years ago, I don't even remember what the issue was. It was some big issue in the news. There was a beauty consultant who had like 200,000 followers on Instagram who was sharing um, a congressional call script that she made up. And someone who has worked with congressional office, I'm like, no, you shouldn't be saying any of those things. Like they won't even listen to you if you say things like that. Like they won't. Like it was just completely ineffective. Yeah. But she, and who's the expert? So she had no knowledge, but people liked her and they liked her opinion. Yeah. So it that got shared millions of times. Like this completely ineffective of congressional. Right. Anyway, that's another rant entirely. But like, yeah, like, is who you're following? Opinions are different than fact, right? Mm-hmm. So just we all like to have our opinions validated, and I, I get that. But just yeah, be careful who you're following and why, and again, they're making money off of you. Just Pay attention. Yeah. And I love what you said about like making the the Instagram algorithm confused. I mean, my algorithm is not confused at the fact that I love dogs because I get fed just all the dog content. In yeah. The world. But um, but if like if I am following, you know, I, I have specific views. And so I know kind of the the platforms and the people that have those views. How would I go about like finding that other side like that I think that would be difficult for somebody to like okay well I don't know really what I'm even searching for to get that other perspective that's a question um well I think it's kind of it's easy with the news so it's a brain resource called all sides I think it's allsides.com um oh. and they have a whole media bias chart so they oh, have that's cool left, left live like far left left leaning center right leaning right and you can go and there's like 50 different sources on there and you can kind of just choose one from all the categories and start there and if you decide like oh well this is like way too much for me then go to the left leaning or the right leaning instead of the far um right. just little doses and and nobody's saying if you read it you have to agree with it yeah they get points not like oh my gosh i'm a traitor to my local party yeah. i read this i'm a traitor yes. Learn other viewpoints and then it's okay for everyone not to think the same. I think that's the whole goal there. And that will do all of us so many things. <laughs> the world. So many. Um, so it's allsides.com. Was that all that look at a right now to make sure. All sides. But that sounds like a great resource. I, I'm excited. And then it was all sides. Uh, I can even send you the link. That's not great. I Google real fast. Yeah. And when we figure it out, I'll, I'll go ahead and put that in the description okay. of the video. Um, but I... All clients, um, allside.com. Okay. 
Perfect. Yep. So allsides.com. Definitely check that resource out. That, that's a and great habit. What I love about the Instagram site is they will often do a news story and do side-by-side comparisons of the ways different media have handled it. And that's always really fun to see too. I that is like so I am you know again I have a tech background I'm super analytical like you know my my friends and my family call me a robot because you know I don't have a lot of emotions I'm just like really analytical and so whenever somebody like brings me like a news story I'm always skeptical I'm like okay well I need to research like both sides of this story that sounds like like my favorite resource ever. I'm so excited. You have that then. So go follow them. I'll I'll tag you in that Instagram post up there so you know where they are. But yeah, okay. they're really great. That sounds awesome. Um, so back to quickly about like the cyberbullying that we were talking about um before we got sidetracked with the echo chamber. Um, but it, is there something that we can do aside from just like not engaging to kind of help? the broader issue on that. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. Like I said, we can't control other people. So I think we need to focus on what we can control ourselves yeah. and how we engage with people. And like I said, we don't have to comment on every single post that we don't agree with. Like, we don't have to. You don't have to comment on someone we don't like. Like, we just don't have to do that. And I don't know where we got this idea that we ever did. Um, and I think they need to hear my opinion. I know. For, I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Like 500 other people who have your exact same opinion <laughs> are commented. So yeah. you don't need to. <laughs> um, and, and you always get people who are like, well, and then they'll give you some like one in a million exceptions to things. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what the exceptions are. Don't argue about the exception. Like, but, like sometimes we just miss the spirit of people's posts because we're so focused on the, the one in a million exception. Um, but I think we need also to keep, teach our kids to look out for each other. Like if they know something is happening, I think there's just so like, oh, well, I'll get in trouble or someone will, will get in trouble if, if I talk about this. But it's reporting things. And uh, I think sometimes staying silent leads to a lot of regrets. And so just teaching our kids to speak up about behavior they see online that isn't okay, they know isn't okay. Um, even if they're questioning anything, just talk to an adult. Talk to someone they trust. Um, just always be aware. I mean, we live in a... That's the great thing about social media is it connects us all. And so we just need to embrace that humanity in all of us and just be really look out for people. Yeah. I love what you said there. Um, and you mentioned it too when you were talking about that comment that you got. Um, but don't be afraid of the report button. Like all of these yeah. platforms have a way to report um, somebody who is being a bully. So um, don't be afraid of. Yeah. And I don't know how quickly things are responded to sure. that way. Um, I know sometimes I've had, if I've reported something, I've seen the comment gone within a couple of minutes and sometimes it's never been gone. So I don't, I don't know, but it's a good place to start, right? It's a good practice to get into. You see something wrong. That's the first thing you can do. The second yeah. thing you can do is even go a further, you can block that person. You right. don't have to ever engage with someone who's being hateful that way. Like, just block them. Yeah. And you don't even have to be, like, friends to block them. Like, you can block somebody and just not see their content anymore. Right. And, and that's hard to do in person. But yeah. Well, online, it works great. That's so okay. If the majority of them are spending near all their time there, then that works. Yeah. 
Oh, well, so thank you so much, Brittany. Is there any other things that we missed that you wanted to touch on with uh, the, all this government and social media and, and how we can improve our situation? You know, I think it's just going to require patience. Um, smartphones and this whole digital world we live in, it's like one big experiment and it's all new to everyone. I think we just need to be patient with ourselves, um, with others, and with all of these lawmakers as they're trying to make positive changes. We just need to be patient and, and give people grace um, because this is new for everyone. It's not like it's just new for kids or new. It's new for adults too. So I think just the more we can do to be patient with each other and um, to realize things take time. And that doesn't mean that we shouldn't stop advocating for laws and changes that we believe in. Always be able to speak up. And I have so many people who are like, oh, that doesn't work. Or, you know, like, that's not enough. Well, and I always tell them, like, run for office. Yeah. The lawmakers in right now at what one point has decided to run for office as well. So it seems like a big, scary thing, but it was big and scary to them, too, when they're doing it. So there you go. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. And yeah, the um, giving them grace, like you were saying earlier, like it takes a long time for a a bill to become a law. Like I I keep imagining that video that I'm sure you watched, like with the, you know, how a bill becomes a law um, (laughs) little cartoon guy. And that for, it's supposed to take a long time, right? Like, yeah, bills were passed instantaneous. Can you even imagine like what would pass? Like, it's supposed to be a back and forth and compromising. Like, it's designed to be that way. So we should want it to be difficult to pass these laws because otherwise, who knows what laws we would have. So it's supposed just keep in mind, this is, it's designed this way for a reason. It's the long game, not the instant. We live in such a world of instant gratification. That it's I like, know it. I know. That's the job. Like, oh my gosh, I've been standing in this line for five minutes. Like, why is this Life is so hard. I know. <laughs> yeah. Giving us a little patience might, you know, be to our benefit for sure. Exactly. Well, thank you again so much, Brittany. Um, really had a great time talking to you again the American moms on Instagram, on um, their website. Um, and you've got some great resources on your website. Um, is there any other places you guys have, uh, are sharing? Uh, we just joined Threads, but we've only posted maybe twice on there. So Threads <laughs> is really the main place. The website has um, a lot of fun, a lot of like historical presidential state recipes and a lot of more things for kids on, on our website, theamericanmoms.com. But we're mainly on Instagram, so come find us on there. Okay. You can check out Brittany and her twin sister and and have fun with that. Um, Thanks again. Thank you, Sarah. All right. We'll have a good one and we will see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to Family Tech Talk. Please make sure to subscribe and leave us a review if you are listening on Apple Podcasts. Feel free to reach out to me on social media. I am Family Tech on all platforms and respond to all of my DMs. You can also become one of my techs by joining the Facebook group, our subreddit, or the Discord server. Just search any platform for family tech and you'll be sure to find the community.